welcome to Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan. In these episodes, we connect with courageous women sharing their healing journey story. Are you ready to align your thoughts with your heart? If thoughts were a person and came knocking on the door, would you let them in? When you can stop and think about what you're thinking, shifts happen. Welcome to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Jenin, and I am with the beautiful Patricia Doucet, who is a, an amazing, inspirational speaker and writer who encourages midlife women, midlife women, you know, those women in between the small kids and the big kids, that's how I define midlife, who find themselves in the basement of life to never give up. Having experienced brokenness on many levels in her own life, she knows how it feels to look for a way out and a hand up. With vulnerability, humor, and compassion, she shares that it is possible, anything is possible, to show up in the world as you. You are unique and beautifully and wonderfully designed. So welcome, Patricia. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us about your forgiveness story. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. I was thinking earlier, as I mentioned to Lisa before we came on, um, earlier in the day, I was thinking about the mind and the heart and a matter of the heart and forgiveness and how much it is entwined in our lives and how important it is. And I thought back to when I was just a child, five years old, maybe, I was at Bible camp, you know, um, they used to call it daily vacation Bible school back in the day. And I remember we sang a song into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And I remember as a five year old, asking Jesus to come into my heart. And I often thought of that over my lifetime, how he's, his spirit has been in my heart. It's been such an imperfect life as all of us have a lot of things going on, but he was always there to help me through. And I, I remember that little girl asking Jesus into her heart. So as I thought about the heart, I, about maybe a few months ago, I was writing a little story about heart and I wrote down all of the little phrases we have that have to do with heart, like my heart's not in it, or she has, she just, she has a heart for that. You know, I came up with somewhere between 80 and 90 phrases, little phrases that with heart in it. So heart and mind is, of course, at the heart of everything. Mm -hmm. So how important is forgiveness? Because forgiveness um, is right there at the top of heart issues forgiveness is and we can go back to our childhoods so my story of forgiveness will start with my childhood right up to present day but particularly a few years ago I've had so many people to forgive you know and forgiveness is not a one-time thing forgiveness is something that you do over and over and over and many times you will have triggers But if you keep forgiving what those triggers bring up, after a while, they just become a memory. You're not triggered as much. They're just a memory. And you think, oh, yeah, that happened. And it was terrible. But I've forgiven them. And it's all okay now. And on that flip side of it, you have to remember that you expect others to forgive you. And I'm reminded of in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our 
our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I suppose the word trespass is another word for sin. So we want to be forgiven as we forgive. Is it easy? No. So anytime you want to jump in, Lisa, you just jump right in, okay? So a few other things about forgiveness is, yeah, just just we're women. We can just jump in whenever we want to, right? My friend, I call it, my friend and I call it squirreling. We go, uh-oh, a squirrel. We're going in this direction now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're good at that. But one unique aspect of forgiveness I was thinking about earlier is when we forgive others, we start to understand them a little more. Not that it's okay what they said or did, but you kind of, this is what happened for me. I kind of realized what I did to make it possible for them to do or say what they did. Does that make sense? Like I always, your part, what was your part? What was my part? And I was always as a younger person and through most of my adult life, I never felt worthy to be treated well for some reason. I didn't feel that I really deserved much. So I would you know say, I know. I know now. Oh, yeah, I know now. So very often I would get close to something I really wanted and I would self sabotage it because I wouldn't know what to do if I got it. You know, you have to live a long time to, to realize some of your patterns in life. So uh, for forgiving those, I had to realize my part was, number one, um, expecting to be mistreated. Number two, I often enabled them to do or say maybe what they did. And then uh, because of my lack of um, boundaries, they didn't have a clear idea. You know, I, I never would set boundaries. I just thought, it's a selfish thing to do. So why did you think that was selfish? It just seemed like I wasn't worth having boundaries, you know, like, like who was I to say, this is my boundary. I've come a long way. I know now that I deserve to set boundaries, but thinking of the process of forgiveness, it was much easier to forgive people when I realized that I almost gave them supply, if you will. I almost gave them, made it easy for them, if that makes sense. So in saying all that, I have to forgive myself for my part in it. My part was um, not being clear about what was I would allow and what I wouldn't allow, whether it was in my family of origin with parents, with, with spouse, spouses in my case, children, friends, co-workers, whatever, you have to think enough of yourself to have some boundaries, because if not, people will walk all over you and you'll have so much to forgive, <laughs> but a lot of it because of your own doing. Does that make any sense? And that's what it does. And forgiveness is so misunderstood. And I always like to personify words and if forgiveness was a person and, you know, was standing before you, what was, what would they look like? Like what how would they make you feel? And, you know, forgiveness, people think a lot of people think that once you forgive somebody, you're giving them permission to hurt you again, or you're saying it's okay for what they did was acceptable. And that's not true at all. And back in 2012, I was struggling with forgiveness and I did a a word study on it. And I realized 
what it truly means. And I was able to extend that forgiveness towards other people that had hurt me way back from childhood, being abandoned by my father and things like that. But I could never forgive myself for what I had done. And to be able to extend that to myself and understand that, yeah, I have a part and I may have, you know, provoked whatever had happened to me. But some of the things that happened to me as a child, no, I did not provoke any of that. I was just a kid. I had no, I mean, I people had control over me and the people that I was supposed to be able to love and trust betrayed that. So at a very young age, I was not able to trust anyone. And to be able to forgive somebody you don't trust is really challenging. Mm-hmm. And I read every single book I could possibly think of um, or get my hands on, you know, on forgiveness to understand what it truly meant. And like you said, it's just, you know, the simple words of I forgive you. And when you are triggered going back and looking at the circumstances and saying, okay, I can't change those circumstances, but I can certainly change my perspective on them. And in Divine Heart Alignment Academy, that's exactly what we work on. We work on getting a new perspective on what happens to us to understand that it didn't really happen to us, but it happened for us. It happened everything happens for a reason and we don't know or understand the bad things in life that happen to us, but God has an ultimate plan. And when we can trust him and scripture says to give thanks in all circumstances, it doesn't say just the circumstances that are good. It says all. So if I look back at all the circumstances that I've gone through, some of them were really hard. They were challenging and they kept me up at night and I overate and overdrank and getting to the root cause and realizing where that came from and, you know, understanding why don't you think you deserve setting healthy boundaries? Where does that come from? So in your experience, where did that come from? Probably some things that were said to me um, as a child, some things that just eroded my self-esteem as a child. And those things kind of got in there and, and I think became a part of the fabric. So until you, recognize where it came from and you forgive that and you let it go and you take it to God and say, and like you said, Lisa, you were little then. So you're not responsible for what happens when you're little and neither was I when I was little. So I think those are the biggest things that we have to forgive because we had no part in that, but we do forgive, you know, and we've, we've heard the um, expression you know, when we don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to be sick or die. And that is so true. It's not just a cliche. It is so true. We forgive for ourselves as much as for the other person. Yeah. And they never have to know. They never even, you know, never have to share it with them. It's just releases you from that prison. Yeah. Yeah. From that, the change that wrapped around you. And, you know, before I started forgiving, um, in 2012, I did the study. So it was kind of like in the middle of the study, I started like, okay, I can forgive that person. And I kind of made a list and I wrote, I forgive you that that's it, period. I don't care what you did. I just forgive you. And I had a long list. (laughs) It was very long. (laughs) I was never on that list. I never forgave myself until May 7th of 2021. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I looked in the mirror and, and gave myself the mirror talk and I was no good. I was, I deserved eternal punishment in my book, forgiving the girl inside, finding balance, freedom, and fun in your life. I share my story with the details. So you guys can get your copy amazon.com, but I did not, you know, like you said, you didn't deserve, you know, to have healthy boundaries. Well, I didn't deserve forgiveness for myself because 
you know, there's a book called the body keeps the score and my body remembered what I did. I had two abortions Mm. and I, you know, I was numb and I didn't, I couldn't process that. I didn't know why I did it. I mean, I, I did it once, twice, you know, and I, I start, I know now why, but back my 16 year old self was confused and lost and, you know, believed what I was told about that certain, about certain things, like all the thoughts, like you're talking about it being part of your fabric. We need to rewire our brain because the mm-hmm. beliefs that we grew up with aren't necessarily true, but they get conditioned over and over and over again. Your parents, your family, your friends, your, your siblings, whoever, your external influences fill your head with these thoughts. And we're so impressionable at that young age, you know, especially teenagers, they're trying to find themselves in the mm-hmm. world. You know, they're looking for that self value, you know, where do they fit in? They want to belong. And, you know, you go to, you know, the first person who pays attention to you and you devote yourself to them and you trust them and then you just get hurt and it creates that emotional roller coaster ride. And it's just so unbelievable. So would you like to share the, the, the biggest forgiveness moment that you had to do in your personal life to help you grow and move forward to where you are today? Oh, wow. I had um, a couple of divorces and those are huge. So right off the bat, that would be the first thing I could think of. I had a divorce after 31 years of marriage and I had three children and I went too quickly into another marriage which was a disaster. It only lasted a couple of years. So it was after that point that I, I hit rock bottom, so to speak. I call it my in the basement time when I had the defining moment and began to turn things around and realize that, look, girl, you know, you have to stop allowing all these things to happen. Put your foot down and stand up for yourself. And it's okay. So I had, I began a lot of healing, a lot of prayer, and that's where a lot of the, the, where I am now started back then a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. 31 years is a long time. Yeah. Excuse me. And yeah. then you walk, you, yeah, you made that decision to, to walk away. And that must've been a really difficult Speaking decision. about when somebody gives you attention, you know, you, you are feeling so alone and so misunderstood. And especially in the, you know, you speak of, of abortion being taboo. Divorce in the Christian church is very taboo as well. Mm-hmm. So you you deal with a lot of shame and a lot of things that you you take on externally. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the heart again, I think about using the computer as an example. You know, our heart is constantly downloading, downloading, downloading programs that people send our way. You know what the computer is like? Oh, I'll take this, download this, download that. And after a while, your system's all clogged. So when we keep downloading the good, the bad, and the ugly, our emotional pipeline, if you will, starts to get clogged. And that's where unforgiveness can come in because we just absorb all this. So I like to think of prayer as being a time when we go and upload some of that to God. You know, mm-hmm. say, I can't do this, God. I can't forgive them. I can't forgive myself. I can't sort all this out. Will you help me? And he does. And for those of us that believe in prayer and have a relationship with the Lord, um, we're so thankful for that. So I guess those are, are two. That's a biggie for me. Yeah. Mountain movers, that's for sure, because we can definitely not do it on our own. And and having that, you know, scripture says to captivate our thoughts, 
make an obedient to Christ and it, and to give thanks in all circumstances. And when you do that, I know for me, one of my big movements for my healing journey was to be grateful mm-hmm. and understand that I can give thanks for things. I remember the first time I started my thank, my grateful journey, I was giving thanks for snow and I don't like snow. <laughs> I was not a fan of snow. Now I try to see it as a beautiful thing. But um, I this one morning I had seen it and it was coming down and it was like, glistening in the street lights and it was just so beautiful like diamonds in the sky and it was gorgeous and I just started really appreciating it so when you can look at something that you don't like and see the beauty in it especially when it comes to people you know because hurt people hurt others but mm-hmm. when you look at them and see okay what about you is mm-hmm. beautiful like what mm-hmm. can I give thanks about you and mm-hmm. that's really challenging when someone's yelling and screaming at you and you know calling you names and really crossing boundaries um, in relationships. So I realized with forgiveness, we always question, does grieving come before forgiveness or forgiveness before grieving? Like, do you forgive and then start to grieve or do you grieve and then start to forgive? And I think it's simultaneous because once you start to look at the circumstance and then start to process it and think, okay, I can never go back and change this. You can't undo 31 years of marriage. You can't undo the fact that you got divorced, but what was the good that came from it? Mm-hmm. And how, how can I forgive and move on? And then the losses that you had because of that, that law, I mean, that separation, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably lost friends. Some mm-hmm. of your family members may not have agreed to you. You may have lost your church family. You may have had to gone to another church you know, and all these different decisions that we make have like this effect, you know, it's kind of like if you skip a rock in the ocean and it creates, you know, that, that mm-hmm. wave effect, right. That yeah. ripple effect. Yeah. Big time. And I always say, um, we teach people how they can treat us. So therefore we have to take some of the responsibility for the things we allowed, you know, we teach them what is okay and what is permissible and what isn't. And, but you are right when you say you have to ask for, you know, to be grateful for what you learn from it. And so whatever situations we've gone through and whoever we've had to forgive, when we do upload that and give it to the Lord, he can use it for good. And we see that when we get into midlife, especially, and you're not there yet, I don't think, but and I don't know where midlife actually starts, but we'll I'm say and we might stay in the middle a little longer than we should too, but it's a good place to be in the middle, <laughs> but yeah. you know, you learn so much about, you know, the need to forgive and the need to look at it all as, and I used to say, I felt like a glass doll that was broken and shattered in pieces on the floor and I couldn't pick myself up and put myself back together. And a lot mm-hmm. of that is, is, is how I want to help other women now that find themselves broken in midlife or any time in their life, but especially in midlife, whether whatever form of brokenness they're reliving um, to know they're not alone. Because I really needed somebody to understand back then. And I want to be that person now for some other women that maybe are going through it. That's a beautiful mission. And for a lot of women, something happens at 40 years old for, for us women who have gone through that. And, you know, I think of it as 40 days in the desert, you know, something, and I, 
when I talk to, um, like I t- when I interview ladies that are in their twenties and thirties who are struggling with, you know, abuse or what have you from younger years, and they're sharing their story. And some of them are, you know, getting, they're on their healing journey, but some of them are kind of like, no, I'm doing it on my own. And you could definitely do it on your own. And it's going to take you a long time. I did it on my own <laughs> from 1986 until 2014. Wow. I was doing it on my own and I was reading books and, you know, I was going through therapy and all of that. But in 2014, I got a mentor and the mentor made all the difference because it's that person who has nothing to do with the situation and they're kind of looking in and they can see the bigger picture and they could be, you know, give their opinion, their, their support without making you feel like you're like this horrible person. So having a mentor or coach is so beneficial. I mean, the ROI is priceless because you Mm -hmm. get there so much faster and who wants to spend over three decades in pain and hurting. Right when you can get the solution in in weeks just by listening to your thoughts and, and, mm. and processing them. I think we were taught to stuff our emotions mm-hmm. and not to share, like, you know, I always wear my feelings on my sleeve. My husband used to, because you wear your feelings on your sleeve. I'm like, really? Because I didn't even know what feelings were until my favorite movie mm. came out, Inside Out. <laughs> 2015, I finally figured out what a feeling was. All my feelings were anger and disgust. And I didn't know how to express myself. Even when I was joy-filled, I remember in high school, I had won, I'm going to date myself here, shorthand contest. I won in my county. I was the number one speed writer for shorthand. And when I went to go, it was a cash award. It was very generous. And I went to go accept the award. I had a dirty look on my face. And I remember the guy that handed me the awards, like, why aren't you happy? Like, what is wrong with you? And that morning, my my boyfriend at the time said, oh, you're not going to win. Why are you even wasting your time? And I got so mad. And that's how I was just always angry because I was always being knocked down and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not good enough. And, you know, you're stupid and this and that. And it's like, man, and, and just like your, your self-worth and your self-value goes out the door when you constantly hear this negative mm-hmm. language. And then just stopping and thinking if not, if thoughts were a person that came knocking on the door, would you let them in? Heck no, <laughs> no, because those are not good words that I want to hear nor receive because they hurt my heart and they, they're triggers mm-hmm. and the triggers. What do you do when you get the triggers? What modality do you implement to help you sort through the triggers and let it not overtake you? Because some triggers can really like put you down. Oh, triggers used to just debilitate me. It could, you mm-hmm. know, I would, I could get a trigger one day and end up in a fetal position in the bed crying for several hours just because a trigger would bring so much emotion back. But I think now, and it, it doesn't change overnight. It This takes time. Every day gets a little bit better. It's just like that whole grieving process. And every day it gets a little better so that the next time you might cry, but you might not head to the bed. You might say, well, no, I'm okay. And after a while, you just take a deep breath like I do now and say, oh, thank God I'm not there anymore. And that's not happening anymore. And and be grateful for where you are now and what God taught you through it. And to make myself feel a little better, I say a prayer for that person. And you know, you've, the Lord's done a lot in your heart when you can pray for that person. It's a test. It is a test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. The triggers are not as as bad as they were. They're just kind of like a memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just like an inside out where the memory balls 
and you can look at it and reflect on it, but it doesn't no, it no longer has that chokehold on you. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much. How can, how can people connect with you? Women who are going through similar situation, midlife crisis, or, you know, holding on to some kind of self-sabotage or, you know, yeah. whatever past mistakes they might have, what's the best way to connect with you? I would say probably my website, it's from broken to beloved.com. Because okay. they, they, they can get to my YouTube channel or my Facebook uh, from Broken to Beloved. So my website would be the best place. Thank you for asking. Oh, awesome. And I will put that link in the description. So for those of you who are listening, look for the link in the description. You can connect with Patricia. If you know somebody that would resonate with her, please share this video with them, this podcast, however you're listening to it. And if you would like to support Divine Timing Ministries, which is not-for-profit for a safe place for women who need emotional support for post-abortion, you can click the link on the podcast, buy me a coffee. I'll proceeds will go to starting up the not-for-profit and connecting with women. And if you are someone who is in need of emotional support from post-abortion, please reach out to me. I would be happy to have a conversation with you and see if working together would be an option for you. And remember, mindset is the crux of all that we do. It's a matter of the heart. Thank you for listening to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I hope that this episode connected with your heart to help you get shifts that happen. Want to create abundance? Let's connect your heart-centered desires to create limitless abundance. In a 20-minute solution call, I help courageous women post-abortion, miscarriage, or loss of a child foster a heart of gratitude without journaling using the power of breath and thoughts. Receive the possible. Book your call today. Link is in the description. Wealth is all around you.